Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Thanks a lot for joining us today, guys. Today on the podcast, for the second week, we're going to have our sort of verses for the fifth console generation. You know, last week we talked and shared a lot of music from the PlayStation, the original PS1. And today we're going to be taking a look at a lot of the music from the Nintendo 64. Specifically the best music that we could find for this system. Just like how we did last week, we played some of the best music that we could find for the PS1. This is going to be the best of the N64. And it's so fun to put these two side by side to have a nice comparison. And what we said last week is we're not really going to declare a winner in this we're going to talk about some of the differences and you guys are definitely going to hear some of the differences mainly just the type of music that was composed for these two systems are so different and i think that the type of games that came out were so different you're going to hear a lot more memorable melodies today than you did last week but in general you're not going to hear um as impressive uses of um technical implementation as you did last week mainly because the n64 uh was a lot more limited than the playstation was technically well it's a completely different um process of approach to skinning the cat essentially like yeah you know the playstation had essentially the ability to have unlimited musical potential because you could have recorded music you could have cd quality wave files and audio in those games and the n64 is compared to that significantly more limited yeah you, know, you can you can have that on the n64 like you hear it in some games like for example tony hawks they are able to have you know licensed songs but it takes up so much room on the it's cartridge very compressed. And it's very compressed, and in general, they just they did not have the luxury of doing that for a lot of these big soundtracks because they didn't have the space on the cartridge. Yeah, and I think the other thing is that producing the sound was, again, relegated to using part of the CPU. So the problem is that... <laughs> but, you know, it's an interesting problem is that these composers were, again, faced with the limitations of the years before, you know, mm-hmm. much like the 16-bit console generation. So once again, they had limitations to overcome. But I think as we've noticed throughout the history of video games, music and I I would argue music in general limitations are really one of the things that leads to some of the most creative work yeah, and we definitely would agree with that. You know, in, in our own compositions, we've noticed that when we set limitations on ourselves, it leads to things that we would we would never do otherwise. So that's what you're going to hear today. Now, what you heard playing in with was obviously from Mario 64, that was bob Battlefield. We would probably argue that's the best soundtrack for the system, one of our favorite soundtracks of all time. If you guys remember recently, we had a spotlight on that soundtrack. So um, feel free to check that episode out if you haven't. We're going to start things off with one of our personal favorite tracks. This is from Star Fox. 64. Now this is an excellent game, excellent soundtrack. Koji Kondo composed the main theme, the credits theme, some of the kind of the more important themes in this game, and Hajime Wakai composed most of the actual level themes. This is a level theme that was composed by Wakai. It's called Star Wolf's Theme from Star Fox 64. Enjoy.
That's just a great theme right there. You're listening to Star Wolf, and that is from Star Fox 64. And this is one of the themes that was composed by Hajim Wakai. Man, it's such a great combination, these two composers on this soundtrack. And for me, for my money, I really think that, you know, having had to work with Koji Kondo on the soundtrack, I think it really elevated Wakai's work. I think he he realized, wow, I need to kind of carry my own weight here. And obviously Koji Kondo is composing great stuff, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be embarrassed here. So I think Wakai is really on his A-game on this soundtrack. Right. This is excellent. I mean, he's an excellent composer in his own right. Yeah, that's um, true. One of the best Nintendo composers. No, but yeah, I, I love this track. And something that just I love about the Nintendo 64 is it's sort of, you know, an extra excuse because of those limitations to just keep making really catchy and melodic music like we've heard before. To carry the, the tradition. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Th- this piece is blazingly fast, isn't it? It's incredibly fast. And there's so many modulations, so many changes, a lot of rhythmic interest. What's so interesting, though, is is the samples don't really convey the sense of excitement uh-huh. because there's a lot of really fast dun 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 and you don't really get a a lot of precision and attack right. in the actual samples here. So it's really, this is one of the most noticeable um, times when you're hearing these samples. Like, wow, those are very limited samples. Yeah. Because the piece is so rousing and well, so, so exciting. It's so interesting when you look at the Nintendo 64 and the PlayStation 1. It, it's... It, it's really interesting technically because in basically all aspects, the Nintendo 64 was more advanced in the fact that it had a much faster processor. Mm-hmm. Then again, the PlayStation 1 was using CDs so it could have rendered video and it also had the ability to have the high quality audio Which that we goes heard. a long way. So it's, it's very interesting. There's not a definitive one is mm-hmm. better. Um, but what I do love is the Nintendo 64, you know, those instruments aren't going to fool anyone. Right. They're obviously fake. They're like worse than modern general but MIDI. they're always going to be fake yeah they don't really get dated in a way yeah they sound just as good yeah. as they did back then but what's great is it's like i feel like more people remember the music to the nintendo 64 than oh, yeah. to the playstation because there's so many great melodies there's yeah, I would so many say, games with excuses to write good music the playstation itself the system was a lot more influential for video games and video game music but the music of the n64 was a lot more just memorable and made a larger impact on people on yeah. gamers Uh, So now we're going to move on to Banjo-Kazooie, one of the most popular soundtracks for this system. This is obviously a rare game, and this was composed by the wonderful Grant Kirkhope. Let's play just an awesome song. This is a 10 out of 10 here, folks. This is Treasure Trove Cove from Banjo-Kazooie.
gosh, that is so good. So, so, so good. That is Treasure Trove Cove from Banjo-Kazooie, composed by Grant Kirkhope. Um, a lot of Kirkhopean motion in this piece. Uh, me and Will were joking that we thought a good band name would be uh, Kirkhopean Motion. Wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or Grantian Motion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Grantian was what I said first, but Kirkhopian would be a better band name. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is just so fun. When those harmonized um, kind of steel drum instruments come in with the drum beat, it just makes you smile. It's just, it's such good video game score for this kind of a colorful platformer. And it's so funny, we, we've been talking a lot lately about the kind of cross-pollination between Rare and Nintendo, and a lot of times when these Rare composers were faced with um, scoring a very colorful platformer, they were trying to go for Nintendo, but it's so different that this doesn't sound like Japanese music. It's such a Western style, and I love hearing these Western composers trying to wink and nudge at the style of Nintendo. It's so much fun. Well, it's like they're trying to capture the spirit of that music, but right. they're not really doing it through... Um, any sort of musical cliches it's a good point of that we hear in nintendo you know it's very you know grant kirkhope has his own signature style that's much more reminiscent of somebody like danny elfman yeah it's like everything he does is like a haunted circus yeah <laughs> it has like that demented circus quality to it yeah there's so good. there's because again it's like there's a tongue-in-cheek quality to it mm-hmm. where um it's like it's winking at itself. It's like the saying, whole game is yeah, doing this that. music is fun and it's catchy, but he'll throw in those little tropes, those little cliches, like the way that he ends the form just being that cliche, you know, series of notes that we hear, dun, 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 yep. you know, it's so smart though. Like there, there's like this smart kind of sense of humor that capture is captured in the right. entire game. And a yeah, lot I mean, of these rare games, very elegant. He's a masterful composer. And I think it's like, again, it, it's a it's about exploiting limitations. There's limitations on the N64, but if the music almost is thinking on like breaking down this fourth wall where it's like acknowledging that the music is a thing, it's not supposed to be subliminal. Yeah. It makes people actually focusing on the music and it's like not being shy of the limitations. Kind of like how we talk about the Fallen Brothers, you know, they weren't afraid of the limitations of the NES. They embraced it and made music that you just couldn't And that's ignore. what Grant is doing. Yeah, I feel here. like that's what Grant Kirkhope does. My a favorite lot. thing about the piece is the dentin. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's the modulation. So is great. many modulations there. It might take the cake for the most. Yeah, it's modulations. a wonderfully crafted melody, and when the harmony comes in on the steel drum, mm-hmm. that's just really great. So good. Okay, now we're going to move on to Pilot Wing 64, another Western composer here. This is Dan Hess, uh, one of the only games that I'm familiar with him working on. This is Pilot Wing 64, a very early game for the Nintendo 64. Very impressive. Uh, not just, you know, it's a visually. Launch title. Yeah, it was a launch title, not just graphically, but the music, too. I mean, really, Dan just did a great job of using the samples well, for the N64. Pilot Wings and Pilot Wing 64 are almost like the predecessor to like the Wii Sports game. Games mm-hmm. or like you know how modern Nintendo games like Nintendo Land where they try to make games that are almost more like experiences Absolutely. rather than games in and of themselves. Yeah. So I mean, Dan just did an excellent job implementation here, and also just the music itself is very authentic and a lot more kind of understated than a lot of video game music, Nintendo video game music of this time. Well, kind of like what we would eventually get with Wii Sports and right. stuff like that. Uh, so this is great. This is a track called Birdman from Pilot Wing 64, composed by Dan Hess.
is groovy. You're listening to Birdman from Pilot Wing 64 for the N64, composed by Dan Hess. So many titles today have 64 in them. One thing, I was trying to order this playlist. I didn't want to have all the 64, 64 back-to-back, but sometimes it's hard to avoid that. Yeah, it's a dumb, dumb idea. Like I, That's one of my least <laughs> favorite things about the Nintendo 64. They stuck 64 at the end, mm-hmm. but it's like... That's sort of saying that video games aren't going to be around long enough. Because yeah. eventually, I mean, there probably already are more than 64 Mario games. So it's like, I don't know, they maybe. can't number them anymore. <laughs> That's a lot of Mario, folks. Yeah, no, this piece is um, very chill, very laid back. I mean, I said a long time ago in a really early episode that this reminded me of this Cool in the Gang song called Summer Madness. Uh, and it's, if you listen to the chat, it's incredibly similar. I think he was very influenced by that. But... You know, it's so cool because we've talked so much about how, you know, in Japan, you know, a lot of jazz and jazz fusion is was really popular, you know, at the time when these composers were working. But it's so cool. Um, this is coming at jazz from a completely different perspective. Well, I mean, than a jazz lot of the is an American composers. art form. Yeah. And, and what you're getting here is you're getting a lot more authentic soloing and improvisational kind of nature that you don't get in a lot of video game music. And it's very impressive, especially thinking about this as a launch title, um, you know, a few months before you may have been playing the Super Nintendo. Let's say you just bought the N64. So getting to hear this music improvised, uh, feel like it's performed, and it kind of sounds like it's performed. That's that's impressive, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if it's on a subconscious level. Now we're going to move on to another launch title for the N64. This also came out in 1996, but it was only released in Japan. So this is a Japanese game. It's called Wonder Project J2, and this was composed by Akihiro Mori. We're going to play a track called Now Then to the Skies. is such a smile-inducing piece of music there. It's this quintessential Nintendo video game music. You're listening to Now Then, To the Skies, from Wonder Project J2, and this soundtrack was composed by Akihiro Mori. Great job! Yeah, wonderful. I'm so reminded of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, I feel like, actually. Mm. But it's sort of... um, it's an amalgamation of a lot of just wonderful video game music cliches. And I don't mean cliche in a bad way. I mean that it's like 
chord sequences and melodic flares things that, that work yeah that we hear all the time and especially like things that i don't feel like i hear as much uh this late um in time yeah, it is not hard. things that you hear on the n64 a lot it's hard to not think and uh, super nes when you hear this track because it really sounds like super nes i mean so many of the harp samples i feel like are the exact same samples you're just not getting that compression anymore. yeah everything sounds really compressed though like it does. the string samples almost sound like gba or something like they're just very compressed um, but I, I, I think probably I'm also thinking that because a lot of times on the Game Boy Advance, they would actually sample N64, N64. instruments. Like, mm-hmm. I know they did that for um, Mario, Mario Kart. Super Kart. Circuit, yeah, yeah, Super Circuit. That's the one. Hey, talk about a segue. The next track we're going to play is from Mario Kart 64. Oh, my and gosh. This... You mind-willed <laughs> me into that segue. This soundtrack was composed by the wonderful Kenta Nagata. Uh, definitely one of the most popular games for this system. As far as multiplayer goes, it just, oh my gosh, can't be can't be overstated. Uh, we're going to play Rainbow Road, the final track from this game. Once again, composed by Kenta Nagata from Mario Kart 64. Please enjoy Rainbow Road. Such a classic piece of video game music. You're listening to Rainbow Road from Mario Kart 64, composed by Kenta Nagata. Really, um, definitely one of the best themes in this entire series. And you think about how many times they reused this in later Rainbow Roads. You know, they did a lot of remixes in later games. Really Um, less than you'd think, though. You know, I feel like a lot of them are sort of an ode to this piece, but there's not really a lot of uh, direct... um, you know, sort of reimagining. Which game of this track. was it that there was a game? It was either Double Dash or like Seven or DS, where it started off with its, its original Rainbow Road, and then the very end of it, it harkened back to this. Probably like it was, every single. It was very Mario powerful yeah. when that happens. Yeah, uh, this especially has always been one of my favorites because most of the music, mm-hmm. you know, that you'd be hearing in that new Mario game is not very good. So yeah. when you finally get to hear this great melody with great harmony, it's like wow. Yeah, but talk about those harmonies. Very interesting, quirky harmonies. I My favorite chord is that final chord of the form 
uh, it's like a flat six or something, but yeah. it's so jazzy. And then you have the. It's the. It's the. Uh, I think it's called the Neapolitan chord. Yeah, it's just just excellent. And one thing that I love about the melody, it really feels like something that is in a similar ballpark, a similar vein to like the end credits from Mario sixty four. Uh, it kind of has that kind of emotional quality. So like. It's, you know, you're used to playing these Mario games on the N64. They all feel like they're at home in this musical world, you know? God, harmonies, so wonderful. Just great. This has always been one of my favorites. It's just really nice, very sweet, and really kind of emotional, too. You know, this Absolutely. course is so long, and it's the end of the game. And I don't know. I just love how seriously this music was taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would not see anything like that uh, in the series to come. So now we're going to move on to a really interesting pick. I'm so excited for this. Uh, you know, last week we talked about how, at least for me, I, I kind of believe that Yasunori Matsuda is the best PlayStation composer. You know, we, we have been having a lot of his music lately, but we get to have his music today as well. Uh, we're going to play a game. This is Bomberman 64, The Second Attack. And it was composed by a slew of composers, including Yasunori Matsuda. We're going to play one of the tracks that he worked on. This is a track called Ocean Planet Aquanet, and this particular track was composed by Yasunori Mitsuda and Yashitaka Hirota. Enjoy! So cool. As soon as this track starts, it's like, wow, that sounds like Chrono Trigger. <laughs> very, very striking chords and melodic right. ideas. Uh, it's so cool that this soundtrack was composed uh, by Yasunori Matsuda, as well as some others. It's so fun. This was a surprise. I didn't know that uh, before researching this episode. It was really fun to see his name, and I really wanted to include a track. And this is actually some people's favorite, one of their favorite soundtracks for the system. So we're not alone, you know, in, in playing something from the this Bomberman games just have great music. You know, mm-hmm. the ones on the SNES are fantastic. I mean, Carl and I both really love Bomberman 93 for the Turbo Graphics. Yeah. 16. This is kind of oh, different, is a great soundtrack. isn't it? There's Musically. some tracks, though. I, I, I don't think this is a fair representation of this soundtrack. That's this true. This is definitely the oddball. A lot of the music's a little bit slightly goofy, but some of it is actually, I don't know, a little bit ambient. But for this soundtrack, there's actually quite a bit more ambience than you'd expect. I mean, this yeah. is Bomberman 64, The Second Attack. It's a sequel to Bomberman 64. Right. I think Bomberman 64 in general is a lot more goofy. Uh, but yeah, no, just kind of, just something to note. Most of these soundtracks, there's not just us, you know, a lot of people, you know, on the internet and all over the world, you know, really like this soundtrack. So it was a lot of research that we did to try to not just pick what we thought was the best, what, you know, is a fair representation of some other people's favorite music. You know what I realized? The Second Attack 
attack. They just said that because they screwed themselves by calling the first game 64. What are they going to call it? 65? 65. Or 64-2? Were there any Stupid. jokes like Dumb. that? Were there any games where it was like 64 and a half? Like, you know, like you Ugh. think about like Naked Gun. They really, like, that's just embarrassing. Like, the Super thing was cool on the Super Nintendo, mm -hmm. calling every game Super whatever. Yeah. But 64 was just dumb. It's like, I, they're kind of doing that with the Wii U too, also calling it something, something U. It gets like, really ugh, out of hand, like New dumb. Super Mario Brothers U, Wii, Wii U 2. Like, Gosh. it's just ridiculous. Could there be more embarrassing, you know, <laughs> syllables to say? You don't even want to say, oh, what are you playing? Uh... Mario. Wii U. Yeah. Gosh, P-U. That's what I say. <laughs> it's a great review. P-U. <laughs> you want to know about Wii U? P-U. No, okay. I, I love the Wii U. I'm sorry. All right. Now we're going to move on to one of my personal favorite soundtracks for the system, Goemon's Great Adventure. This soundtrack was composed by Horitaka Kurita, Nubuyuki Akina, and Shigeru Araki. We're going to play a bubbly, fun, delightful piece of music called Kappa Tra- Wait, there's fun music in this game? <laughs> Kappa Traveling in Roaming Road. Oh, yes, there is. Well, here we go. can't get over it. This is perfect. This is a 10 out of 10. This is one of my favorite tracks on the system. I love this song. You're listening to Kappa Traveling and Roaming Road from Goman's Great Adventure. It's so masterful. It's so confident. It's such a rare example of music that is simple and catchy and repetitive and goofy, but the way that it's implemented is so subtle and so impressive and it's something that you don't get. The, the bass. Take a listen to the bass, those really intricate kind of palm muted sounds that you're getting that make it feel like it's a real bassist is some of the best sounds I've ever heard on this system. And when you combine that with the really kind of funny Eastern kind of Oriental harmonics, it's such a rare treat that you just you don't hear like anywhere in music it's just I don't great know. personally i'm a big fan of final fantasy 7 oh my so, gosh uh, i don't really <laughs> like this n64 shit <laughs> i don't know this i cannot not groove no, and smile no, yeah, when I this listen is to great. this i love this soundtrack. it's such a treat it's it's, just... it's a blast it's super cute and it's just yeah, I mean... <laughs> but it's so funky. Like, that's what... Yeah. It's not just cute. The reason why I but, love it I is mean, the combination. I mean, it's pretty darn cute. I'm not saying it's <laughs> not cute, but if it was only cute, I wouldn't love it so much. Like, the reason why I love it is because the rhythm section is very jazzy and sophisticated and subtle. But you combine that with the goofy melodies, it's... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just can't get enough of this. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to take reverse pot shots at Final Fantasy VII. No, But no, I just no. thought, like, what's the most contrasting <laughs> soundtrack from the play? Oh my gosh. 
All right, so now we're going to move on to Yoshi's Story, and this soundtrack was composed by Kasumi Tataka, and I wouldn't be surprised if Tataka's song was somewhere snuck in the soundtrack. I heard a rumor that Tataka's song was in Wii Sports, like mm-hmm. I heard that the, too. the tennis balls, like if you oh, the play pitches. them in the rhythm, but that's like, I, I, don't, I don't believe that. I think yeah. your brain is going to make you think that those, but those sounds are atonal, I mean, they yeah. don't have but a But Tataka's pitch. song is in almost every game he's worked on, so yeah, this is a great soundtrack by a great composer. So cool to get him, you know, to to compose a kind of a mainstream Mario game. You know, this wasn't a very good game. And if you're a fan of Yoshi's Island, you would be disappointed. I was disappointed. And, you know, obviously the soundtrack wasn't as good as something like Yoshi's Island, but this theme is so great and it was used in every single smash brothers theme now it's definitely just it's a classic i mean it's yoshi's theme theme. it's it's a classic theme of yoshi you're gonna you're gonna listen to on the beach from yoshi's story and this is composed by kasumi tataka hear those series of intervals in your head you see yoshi it's it's crazy you're listening to on the beach from yoshi's story for the n64 composed by the legendary kasumi tataka and yeah will reminded me that uh this gentleman did mario land 2 yeah Uh, he also did Link's awakening with with a few other with like manako homano and a couple he also did uh luigi's mansion yeah you know what i love wave race 64 he often kind of likes to kind of like we were talking about earlier he kind of likes to break the fourth wall with his music you know Mm -hmm. one kind of revolutionary thing in luigi's mansion luigi will hum the theme music while you're walking around the level that's something they kept up in the sequel yeah and we heard that main theme that we played on the podcast yeah it's just great but also you know i think it's so cool that in like every game he works on he tries to sneak in this little theme which is called tataka's song but i gotta say this this particular track is every bit as good as a lot of other classic mario themes exactly incredibly well composed well constructed really great chord changes and it's very authentic to bossa nova to latin music yeah but he's not just relying on the fact that he has this latin groove the melody is incredibly strong yeah because there's other remixes most of the soundtrack is actually different remixes of the same melody right and a lot of them aren't latin a lot of them are but and it still always stands up this is i think the probably the purest definitive, yeah the definitive version of yeah this well track, what yeah. i think is interesting um yeah, every time he does stuff for Nintendo or for, like, the Mario canon, I'm including Luigi's Mansion in that, it's always just super solid. Mm-hmm. I just, I love his work. I mean, Mario Land 2 is, I think, one of the best soundtracks on the yeah. Game Boy. I mean, I guess if, if Koji Kondo isn't available, I would prefer almost for Tadaka to, <laughs> to be the next in yeah, line. Yeah, I mean, that, that end credits from Mario Land 2 is so stellar. It'd be so fun if he, he would have done something for 3D World. That would be great to add his name to the yeah. list. But, I, I kind of like... The 
there's a there's a way it's like his impression of Mario was sort of like what it was like back in the eight and sixteen bit era. Yeah. So I feel like his approach would actually be more like Mario than maybe even like Koji Kondo's now because mm-hmm. Koji Kondo's been there the whole time right. as the series has kind of evolved. Or someone like because I mean Tataka he hasn't really worked on the Mario series for a really long time. So I'm sure if he came back to do some music, it might actually be more authentic. <laughs> Interesting. Well, now we're going to move on to Ogre Battle 64, Person of Lordly Caliber. Now, what's so fun about this, and we've kind of touched upon this before, is for some reason I kind of like to equate this soundtrack with Final Fantasy Tactics for the PlayStation. Uh, Two really popular soundtracks for each system. And the reason why I equate them is because in the context of the rest of the system, a lot more soft and delicate and beautiful than almost any soundtracks. Tactics, I feel that way for the PlayStation. In this soundtrack, I feel this way. It's really capturing the delicate beauty of ogres. (laughs) But it really is some of the more impressive uses of these samples on the N64. It's very, very beautiful. And another reason why I equate them to is because Hitoshi Sakimoto composed both of them. Um, This soundtrack was composed by a group of people, but the track we're going to play is composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. It's called Fortune Teller 2, and this is from Ogre Battle 64. That's beautiful. You're listening to Fortune Teller 2 from Ogre Battle 64, and this particular track was composed by the wonderful Hitoshi Sakimoto. I would love to hear an orchestrated, a real version of this track. I think there's a lot of really great ideas. Feels like classic video game music, but it's kind of... Hitoshi Sakimoto, he always has a unique stamp on orchestral music, um, something that you really hear in tactics. A lot of pedal tones. Yeah, really a lot of enjoys sort of exploring as far as you can sort of push the harmonics in sort of one kind of modal center but yeah it's really pretty uh very subtle again um in a really impressive use of the technology the oboe and string samples are much better than anything nintendo really does yeah on the system as far as just the quality of the timbres and the accuracy of the samples yeah um obviously they're nowhere close to some of the ps1 stuff that we heard mm-hmm. um last week but in some ways they're better uh in some of the cases yeah. where they were using like the internal sound chip but yeah, it's a very subtle piece of music very wet with a lot of reverb which sounds nice i really love the harp sound mm-hmm. and in general you know it's taken very seriously yeah that's one of the reasons i wanted to play it i think this is a particularly good defense for anyone who maybe has the opinion oh n64 you know the music was just not serious you know it wasn't like grown right. up i think this is a good defense but to be that. fair i mean 
it is more few and far between to get something like yeah. this. It's kind of like saying, oh, the Sega Genesis has really like soft, delicate pieces and then show them something from like Shining Force. But mm-hmm. that's not accurate. The Sega Genesis yeah. is all about rock and the N64 is all about goofy, mm-hmm. funny, happy. Whimsical. Whimsical. So music. now, folks, we're excited. It's time to move on to this week's track of the week. And you know, yeah, that little jingle you just heard is very fitting because this is from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. No surprise there. We're going to play Lost Woods, and this was composed by Koji Kondo. Do we even <sighs> need to play this one? You, you've all just like sang it in your heads a thousand times. We'll go through <laughs> the motions. Here we go. good track i guess <laughs> that is one of my favorite um video game pieces of all time uh, it's a melody that really sticks with you and and just very interesting intervals um one of my favorite things is is koji kondo goes to a b natural over an f chord which is not part of that chord and if you're thinking about f major you'd have you wouldn't have that note and but it, ooh, it's there it's so striking so and basically we're saying that's why this song is good because uh b natural that's what it's all about no it's all about the b natural <laughs> No, no, yeah, I mean, it's like everyone knows this song. It's I, I think excellent. It, you can justify its quality just by the fact of how recognizable it is. I mean, mm-hmm. outside of the original Super Mario Brothers theme, I'd say this is like number two is probably the second most famous video game song in the world. I mean, it I has think the Zelda main like theme might be two generations. I don't know. Three, maybe? I mean, honestly, this is like so it's many people there. know this it's song. It's up there. And, and definitely we noticed when we went to the Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses that... This theme, it did, you're right, it did feel almost more classic than anything else. I mean, this else. brings people together. Yeah. Straight up, like, if you go by a piano <laughs> and you play this song, yep. in any setting, you're going to get just a flocking of people that come to you. People who play video games hardcore and people who maybe haven't played them in a while, and they're all going to be, oh, Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I think, I think the, the thing that I'll say about this, to sum it up, is almost more than any 64-era track this is a piece that feels like it's always existed feels like it is 16-bit 8-bit it just feels like it's always existed well what's so great is it's like it's all tied into sort of the aesthetics of the woods you know the lost woods and that whole world so it's like it feels like something that when you leave the lost woods you imagine that song is still being played whenever you want to go back you know it'd be a cool effect maybe if they did i mean they've already done so many different like redone versions of ocarina of time but it'd be cool if if they did an another version with like better sounding music where if you're leaving the lost woods you kind of hear it more like ambi- more kind of like reverb like they kind of do that they do that a little cool. bit in more distant? actual ocarina like there's um a certain 
part in the level when you first enter the Lost Woods to get deeper into the woods, mm-hmm. there's like three sort of pathways, and you go by where you can sort of hear the music the oh, strongest, that's cool. and that's how you decide which path to go. So you're kind of following. It's meant to be like functional music, like it's being played yeah. by the Skull Kid. Yeah, because it'd be cool, you know, if you think about this being played on an ocarina, if you got farther and farther away from it, if the distant sound of the ocarina, that would be right. kind of a cool thing. Well, the, the, the theme itself is actually called Saria's Song. Right. It's written by one of the characters in uh, the game. Her mm-hmm. name is Saria. You meet her when you're a little kid. And it's, yeah. it's cool because it's sort of identified as the Lost Woods theme, but it's like the music has sort of like a functional purpose as well, where it's like a character in the woods is playing this like, it's kind this of eerie, timeless this folk song. eerie yeah. theme that you're kind of hearing. And it's really beautiful. All right. Now we're going to move on to Perfect Dark, an excellent soundtrack that was composed by Grant Kirkhope and Graham Norgate. This particular track was composed by Kirkhope. And uh, in our interview with him, he said that this is one of the tracks that he was the most proud of in this era. Understandably so. Yeah, this is a beautiful track. Enjoy Chicago. Awesome. You're listening to Chicago from Perfect Dark, composed by Grant Kirkhope. It's great to get a couple of his pieces on this podcast today. Oh, God, this is great. Yeah, uh, just that series of, that arpeggiated series of notes is so great. That Well, I love, it starts off as sort of this, like, electric piano, kind of like you're going to get, it's a little bit, like, kind of on the nose. Again, it feels a little tongue-in-cheek of, like, kind of trying to be sort of cheesy, because it almost sounds sort of like a a ballad and it's very kind of overly emotional but the drums that melody is like as simple as it could possibly get just I love the ascending how scale slow the drum beat is because this yeah. tempo is so slow so you have boo gah boo yeah. boo 
<laughs> no, but no, what I love is then later he takes that theme and it becomes this eerie strength thing with the modulation. Yeah. It's just modulation. And then we have that sort of creepy Theremin. like toy box, that little toy piano oh, right music here. box sound right here. Yeah, I just love the use of the theremin. Oh, the theremin's great. And that really simple ascending melody. It's so simple it's and like beautiful. As simple as it could be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've said this before. This is the only good thing about this level. This is a really bad level. It's very frustrating. You don't know what's going on. It's not yeah, this it's not fun. Strange. It's really not fun. But this music is the only thing that makes it somewhat worthwhile to play. Um, I kind of like there's a part where, like where you go inside and the, but I think that has different music. Oh yeah, this level does suck. <laughs> this game really isn't that great. It hasn't hold it, it hasn't held up well. Up, yeah. I mean it looks good mm-hmm. for the N64. It's, it's I mean, one of the choppiest first-person shooters you'll ever play because especially if you play multiplayer the yeah. game's if you like play tw- this game it's get like, used to hearing realistically the game is about 20 frames per second on average but if you play multiplayer it's about 10 so anyway we're now going to move on to pokemon stadium and this was composed by hajim wakai toru minigishi kenta nagata and janichi masuda wait a minute wait a minute what a dream wakai toru minigishi we earlier played stuff from koji kondo well this sounds like a reunion of the people who did wind waker yeah this is excellent this is a dream team and and like i said you know i don't think i said it but when we played that star wolf theme it really reminded me of a lot of pokemon music and you know hajim wakai just did a lot of great job in the pokemon series as well as obviously janichi masuda but it's cool to get these other folks in there as well. So we played Kenta Nagata, Koji Kondo, Jimokai, and now Tormini. <laughs> this is crazy. This is great. So now we're going to play a track called Free Battle Menu from Pokemon Stadium. <laughs> Very pretty. You're listening to Free Battle Menu, and that's from Pokemon Stadium for the N64, composed by a really great combination of composers here. You have Hajimo Kai, Toru Minagishi, Kenta Nagata, and Junichi Masuda. Wonderful. I love all of those gentlemen. They're all fantastic Nintendo composers, and it's just... I just love, you know, if you go through the history of video game music, anytime there's collaboration between people that you wouldn't necessarily expect, mm-hmm. or like how we just found out about the Yasunori Mitsuda stuff, just like to think about like if every person is sort of a tree with branches that extend, you know, yeah. the video game music industry is so close knit, you know, all these composers working together. And that's why it's like, it's not surprising when you meet somebody like Tommy Tallarico, who literally knows everyone <laughs> in the industry. Yeah. And did you guys check out those really cool? photos that we posted from Tommy's presentation of, you know, Yoko Shimomura and Kinori yeah, Yamashita. There's another one that I'm had so um, 
Koji Kondo and Shigeru Miyamoto. Oh, it's just crazy. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Um, so yeah, it's a great track from some great people. We're now going to move on to one of my actual favorite soundtracks for the system. It's something I discovered the past year, year and a half. Really had a great time playing this music. This is Mickey's Speedway USA. This is a rare game, and this was composed by a lesser-known rare composer by the name of Ben Cullum. He did a really good job. Let's play a track we have yet to play so far. This is Indianapolis. So much fun. This is Indianapolis from Mickey's Speedway USA, composed by Ben Cullum. Props, Ben. You just you rocked this soundtrack. This is one of my favorites. Again, the same reason why I liked something like Goemon's Great Adventure. It's so authentic, and it feels performed. And kind of similar to Pilotwing 64, this is someone who has a very um, deep understanding of jazz and right. probably is a multi-instrumentalist. He knows how to play bass. Oh, yeah. He knows how to play piano. I mean, these are it, not boring white guy rhythms. No. It, they're very authentic to jazz, to big band music. Yeah. But he's putting it in the context of a video game. Right. One of my favorite things is the... Right. I think my so favorite catchy. things... Like, it's not on any sort of group. It's yeah. like just late enough and it's so cool that you can uh, imagine all these players like playing together that like late funky rhythm. The best thing I think about this particular piece is a lot of those things are kind of cliches. You hear them in a lot of other games, but the kind of the soloistic call and response lines, like that there is so much yeah. more authentic than most having the music. flute in there makes it sort of sound like a 50s jazz ensemble. Yeah. It's really cool. It's great. Yeah, this is a stellar soundtrack. Kind of an unsung soundtrack. We're now going to move on to another rare soundtrack. This is Jet Force Gemini, composed by Robin Beanland and Graham Norgate. Let's take a listen to the main theme. This is a very rousing piece of music. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Cool. That's a piece I was actually not familiar with. You know, I think we may have bought this cartridge at one point for yeah, our I still N64. Have it. We never really played it. It's not not the best game. It's really um, kind of unnecessarily hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a lot of people uh, really know this music that much. This is the main theme from Jet Force Gemini, composed by Robin Beanland and Graham Norgate. And of course, the music is trying to sound like... Nintendo! Stargate! Oh, <laughs> Star Wars, I mean. What's that movie again? <laughs> no, yeah, it's no, great. Love the brass work. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, it's like... It definitely sounds very space and kind of like Star mm -hmm. Wars, but, you know, it doesn't feel like it's really just trying to do Star Wars. It's also sort of taking a culmination of a lot of things. Kind of sounds like Wing Commander, any sort of generic kind of space game, but it's fun. The, the sound of the brass on the N64 is like identical to like the brass section instrument that we on had in our old Yamaha keyboard. Yeah. So this is one that I could imagine being played like that, but... They really did a great job on this main theme. Yeah. Very impressive for the N64. Cool. It's kind of a cool track that uh, I would assume not a lot of people are familiar that with. The B section is great. And you know, you get a really nice bass clarinet and mm -hmm. much more authentic woodwind sounds. Like the woodwind sounds much better on the N64 than the brass does generally. Yeah. Well, now we're going to move on to The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, composed by Koji Kondo. This is the last full soundtrack that he composed by himself before he kind of turned into more of a supervisor role for Nintendo. He's, he, he's um, become the master. Yeah, absolutely. So this is Majora's Mask. We're going to play Clock Town Day One. Here we go. Well, that's an interesting piece of music. You're listening to Clocktown Day One from Majora's Mask, composed by the master, Koji Kondo. This is one of the most recognizable themes of the N64. Um, even people who haven't played this game, you gotta know this is like the Termina theme. But what's interesting about Termina, which is uh, the land where Link is in this game as opposed to Hyrule, it's sort of Hyrule's, you know, darker twin sister. Yeah, well, so there's like some... Can you want to talk a little bit about some of the interesting dissonance and musical things yeah. uh, that Koji's doing well, here? Well, the background to that is that Termina is sort of the, like I said, the deformed twin of Hyrule, sort of. So it's sort of meant to seem familiar, but there's a dark twist to Twisted, it. And yeah. Majora's Mask is 
very dark generally just as far as the way in which it tells its story Mm -hmm. so this is meant to be sort of like the slightly more demonic version of uh the castle town theme from the original and that's why we get some of the similar instruments and that b section is very similar to it but again it's like it's not done by making it like really dark or demonic but there's just some dissonance dissonances there which i think a lot of people might seem like are like unintentional but they're very much intentional because they they kind of wear on you and there's this like pulling and gnawing nervous tension to it a little bit which very much captures the feeling of the game there's a big sort of time limit element to this game the moon is sort of falling there's a falling moon in the game and so um Every like three days, you have to play the song of time to go back in time and relive oh, the okay. same days in o- over again. And what's interesting about this is Clockwork Day One. When you get to Day Two and Three, they get progressively more dissonant. That's interesting. While still retaining that melody, so it's kind of interesting. Some of those dissonances it's, that to someone who wouldn't play the game might just sound like, oh, did he kind of like phone this one exactly. in? Exactly. Some of it is like dissonant, but Which it's I like, have no, to admit, I I had that you know I had that opinion when I first heard this. I didn't know the because context. I mean like there's no reason why because the melody is just fantastic but mm-hmm. it's just in some of those supporting colors that yeah kind of make you go ooh. Oh, you I'm, know, really, I'm really glad that now i know the context of that it's very very important so now take we're gonna that move koji on. haters no, we're gonna kidding. move on to rayman 2 the great escape you know it's fitting last week we played a track from rayman 1 and now we get to play a track from rayman 2 this soundtrack was composed by i believe another french composer this is eric chavalier let's take a listen to uh the end also known as the credits piece of music there you're listening to the credits theme from rayman 2 the great escape eric chavalier so fun how you think of something like rayman legends rayman origins really kind of the music is dictated by the earlier entries of the series which is dictated by a lot of other influences something like danny elfman to me this is a lot of like rare copying essentially it reminded me a lot of great rare music like which again is very influenced by you know something like danny elfman and john williams it sounds like john williams especially in the clarinet writing i mean i know it's like these are fake instruments but the but reminds me of things that he does in star wars a lot the section of the dun that reminds me of hook a lot or across the stars the love Mm -hmm. theme from episode two for sure we love john williams folks so make fun of us if you want but i will go to my grave saying that i think john williams and koji kondo are two of the greatest composers ever so sorry if we talk about them all the time but i mean we're not sorry because (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, They're you have great. to be proud of what you like, right? Yeah. So now we're going to move on to another Yasunori Mitsuda soundtrack. And this was a soundtrack that he composed by himself. And I actually forgot that this was a Mitsuda soundtrack. This is Mario Party, the very first entry in this very Gosh, popular This man will just series. not leave us alone. <laughs> he will not. Uh, we, you know, we're trying to not play his music, but we can't help it here, folks. We're going to play Tropical Island from Mario Party, composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. pretty killer drum solo there you're listening to tropical island from mario party gotta say yasunori mitsuda is such a master of implementation i mean this sounds way more impressive than almost anything nintendo did on this system it really feels like gamecube like great gamecube quality stuff this is great g music sunshine it's just really mixed well and the panning's great uh it's a great melody it's it's very fun and goofy it feels like nintendo but it's a slightly different um take on nintendo music I'm not a big fan of this part right here. Yeah, the harmony the, is the too parallel. The bass notes like, are weird, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it's not like the smoothest voice leading, but I mm. mean, I think it's sort of trying to go for just kind of like a very kind of saccharine thing. Yeah, there's there's some tracks that I actually want to play from this in an upcoming show and tell. Uh, we decided to play this track, but there was a track I may have liked more from the soundtrack. Um, I think called like Do the Mambo or something. Yeah. I may want to play that later. Yeah, just great rhythms. But yeah, great track, great soundtrack. Okay, folks, we're going to move on to the last track of the day. This is from Mystical Ninja starring Goemon. And this soundtrack was composed by Shigeru Araki, Kato Yusuke, and Psycho Miki. Wait, you mean Legend of the Mystical starring Gonbar Goemon? Legend of the Goemon Ninja Mystical. This is Transformed Oedo Castle. Here we go.
is so much fun. Thanks so much, guys, for joining us. We had such a great time this weekend last week. One thing I just wanted to say, it's so fitting. Today's episode is episode 96, and that was the year the N64 came out. And last week was episode 95, the year the PlayStation came out. So, yeah, it's just very fitting. But, yeah, no, we just had a great time playing this music. We just love the music of this system. It really resonates with us. Just some great melodies here. We had a great time today, as well as last week, you know, playing some of the best music of these systems. It's so fun to play nothing but, you know, back to back to back to back and 64 tracks or PS tracks to really get an idea of, you know, some of the kind of similar kind of techniques that these composers use, both compositionally and implementation uh, right. to make effective game music. Well, and it's just like, again, uh, PlayStation 1 revolutionary in so many different ways as far as what it was able to do for video game music on a home console. Um, but the N64 is just so much damn fun, you know? Mm -hmm. I, it's really hard to choose a favorite. I mean, I really... Some of my favorite music of all time is on the Nintendo 64, but I'm Agreed. not going to dilute myself into saying it's, like, uh, innately better as far right, as the quality. Right. But sometimes, you know, the power of really high-quality music can outweigh any sort of technicals. And I think that's yeah. sort of what the PlayStation did. You know, in general, it was a way less powerful of a system than the N64, but it sold way more consoles because it just had better games it's all about the games so. absolutely well thanks so much guys we had a great time this two-part series stick with us you know as we end the season strong we have some great stuff coming up um yeah no just once again wanted to remind you feel free to subscribe to us on itunes like us on facebook follow us on twitter we love the interaction let's keep that going we have a lot of cool ideas in the future you know to kind of keep this interactive we love when we uh, get great suggestions from you guys feel free to keep shooting us emails of you know tracks topics to suggest we love getting them thanks so much guys not that we don't have a really long laundry list of topic ideas. <laughs> oh, we have. It's such a long list. We'll get to them eventually. All right. My name is Carl Bergerman. And I'm Will Bergerman. Have a great week. Peace out.